Hey guys, this is Luke, and I'm going to talk about some keys to nailing your taper. I think that's one of the, I don't know, not necessarily details we miss, but it's it's certainly something that uh, uh, doesn't have enough attention paid to it. And I'll admit, I, I probably didn't pay enough attention to it when writing the, the books, right? So... Um, this is really part one, really some general general concepts, and then from there we'll move into some specific numbers and things like that. But for today, I want to talk about just five five basic keys that everybody can take to heart, and and then move on into uh, creating a specific plan for yourself. But one of the biggest complaints I get from people that in particular follow the plans of the books is they claim there's no there is no taper, and you know, and it's for a number of reasons, right? So it's it, maybe they're used to a plan where they're doing five days a week and then they're doing really big long runs and then they're just really overcooked. And so they just basically take two, two plus weeks and really scale everything way back, right? And so that's probably one of them. So, you know, it might be decreasing from 50 miles a week to 20 miles a week. Um, no workouts, things like that. And then they see a taper that looks like it does in the HMM books. And, and they panic, right? And uh, especially if they have the tendency to be overly aggressive on runs as it is. So uh, you really have to, to be careful. But um, but I want to say don't panic, right? Like, like there's no reason to panic. We take a look at what's going on and, and then from there um, decide what really fits your needs best. Because a taper can be very individualized for the current athlete's current situation uh, but like I said these are keys that everybody can can take to heart so uh, the first key I would say is your volume and intensity so the common the common thing here is to cut both cut volume way back cut intensity way back and and it just um, it really doesn't do you very much good um, so, you know, the daily volume is scaled back, number of days reduced, the amount of intensity is scaled back, or it's even just taken out altogether. So if this sounds like you, I would, I would ask you this question. Do you end up feeling pretty sluggish by the time the race comes around, or do you really feel ready to rock, right? And so my experience is that people will say that they feel pretty sluggish. And so this could be one of the reasons why they do feel sluggish, is just cutting everything back so much that the body just kind of gets uh, lulled to sleep a little bit. Uh, and the thing that tapers are trying to balance recovery and performance with performance increases, and we're trying to pit that against detraining from doing too little. So we want to rest, but we don't want to rest so much that we actually start the detraining po- process. Um, and so, I, you know, I think you could do this for a little while, you know, a short amount of time, like a week or so. But, you know, I I know many people who will taper two to four weeks at this kind of level and uh, it just ends up working against them. Right. So if you're taking two to four weeks and you're you're drastically say you're recutting your mileage back by 70 percent and then maybe just doing like one workout uh, during a week or maybe just a couple over a three week period. Uh, that that really it's not going to it's not going to make you lose like 25 percent of your fitness or anything. But um, I like to think of it this way: if if um, 
you know, you might say, say we lose one to 3% of our performance. And you say, well, okay, what, what's the big deal with that? But I would argue, say, so will, you're willing to spend uh, a large, I would say a big chunk of money on a, on a pair of shoes that will improve your performance by one to 3%. And you think about what that one to 3% would give you in terms of performance. So why would you spend that money on a shoe to give you that percentage and then not take advantage of a proper taper that could give you the same amount of benefit, right? So now instead of having a two to three percent improvement, you could have a four to six percent improvement if the taper is done right. So you see what I'm saying? So like, and if you do scale everything way so so far back, you're essentially buying those shoes to get yourself back to the baseline that you would have been if you would have tapered in a, a proper a proper manner. You know, see what I'm saying? So, you know, that's a big that's a big thing, right? So like if you're 3% faster and you could actually gain a little bit more from that by, you know, properly uh, tapering, then, you know, that Boston qualifier all all of a sudden becomes more attainable, you know, whatever the case is, or that, you know, that time goal, whatever the case is, you put yourself in a much better position because now you've kind of increased that baseline of fitness and you're going to be able to, to perform at a higher level. So I don't want you to take that as not cutting the volume or workouts uh, and maybe even cutting some easy days back. And the same is true for the intensity, but find the balance that works best for you. If you find that you really need to cut back to extremes and say you've done this more than once, if you've done it, your first, if this is your first time using the training plans, then you know maybe you were overstretched a little bit and we do need to make sure that that taper is pretty aggressive. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, but for the most part, don't get so aggressive um, if you've done it before, if you, if you're training so hard that you need to be that aggressive on the taper and you've done that multiple times with the same result, then the, the problem probably isn't the taper. The problem is probably the training leading up to the taper. It's either too aggressive or the segment's too long or something like that. And that's where I would focus your attention on the next segment is how do I adjust that to make the taper more appropriate for what I'm trying to do. And so that's really the key that I want you to take away from that. Uh, the second thing, don't for, don't change your routine. And so I go back to things that Kevin and Keith have, have said. Um, they've always told told the, the, the teams and when they when they're doing their clinics and things like that. But Kevin would always make the analogy of sleep. If you're used to getting, say, you know, six hours of sleep a night, and then all of a sudden you get 12, do you usually feel really good that day you get the 12 hours, or do you tend to feel sluggish? Like for me personally, I feel pretty sluggish, right? So. Um, so we want to make sure we're in the routine. We're keeping things the same. Now, if you can get 12 hours of sleep a night for the next two weeks, maybe that is something you want to consider. But, uh, but for the most part, if you're only doing it for like a day or something, then um, it doesn't end up being that beneficial for you. Uh, my advice for you is, you know, keep your routine as close as you can, right? So if you run five days a week, continue to run five days a week. You can still scale the mileage back, but scale those individual runs back and keep the days that you're running the same. If you do two workouts a week, continue to do two workouts a week. Again, we can scale back the volume on those, but we can keep the routine of making sure that, you know, your easy day on Monday, a workout on Tuesday, Wednesday off, you know, see what I'm saying? So we can keep that routine, but we can, we can work with what the workouts are on those days that you would normally be running anyway. So keep the routine, to, and, and just scale back on that volume a little bit. And then intensity will be would be the same. I would even say you can argue being a little bit faster on some of those things. 
um, but uh, the, just the overall volume would be less of those of those workouts. So the third thing would be analyzing where you are at. And so as you enter the final stretch, I think it's key to take an honest assessment of where you are from a fitness standpoint. Uh, look over your training. How much were you able to get in? Does, does your training line up with what your goals originally were? Maybe I need to readjust my goals. You know, so like what the, it, recording this, you know, the, the, the big concern is, you know, I haven't been able to hit my paces on a regular basis. Like so right now it's, it's hot. We're in the middle of a heat wave. And for a lot of people, they're starting to get into that crunch time of their fall marathons coming up quick. You know, it's, it's end of August now, but, you know, October's right around the corner. I mean, next week is September and then boom, we're right in the middle of, of the season. Right. And so, um, that's a big, big concern right now is they haven't hit their, they haven't been able to hit their goal pace in their workouts and been a struggle to hit goal pace, or they just were too slow for a lot of their big workouts. Um, and I discussed this scenario specifically in other writings, so I'm not going to do it here, but the point is that they question if they've done enough, are they ready to reach their goal and things like that. So I would, I would ask myself these questions. Did I miss a significant amount of time in the last eight weeks? So if I'm, two, if I'm 10 days before my race, I take a look back over the last eight, two months, eight weeks. Have I been able to get most of what I've been prescribed in? Um, and have have I missed any significant amount of time? Like so, in eight weeks, have I missed, you know, a week or two of running, right? And and I'm talking at one point, right? I had an injury, had to take a week off, maybe I took two weeks off. You know, if I've done that, maybe I need to scale back a little bit. But if it was, you know, if you did, but you were able to cross train, you know, go back to the the recovering the. Um, detraining stuff that I've written, but you know, you, and you can kind of work that out. But the main point is that you know, if you've missed a lot of time, you didn't do anything. Yeah, you're probably gonna have to adjust your time. But if you're able to get workouts in, you're pretty close on paces, or you or you adjusted for heat and humidity, and you're pretty much in the range, then then I would say go for it, right? Like when you when you taper, and ideally you get some better weather on the race, that the, that pace is gonna feel so much better, right? And so um, the point is, if you can answer yes to um, if you, if you can't answer, um, no to missing any time, if you, um, missed, if you didn't get all the majority of your workouts, I would say 90% of those workouts over that last eight weeks and the paces, if you can't reasonably say, yeah, I was pretty good on all that, you might need to adjust. But if you were pretty good on all those things and you're pretty confident that taper is going to get you where you need to be, then go full steam ahead right and then you know make those race day adjustments you know if it's hot you know we we scale back or if it's a good day we you know we we, we allow ourselves some freedom there a little bit but um but for the most part you got to take an assessment of how the training went and if you know the training didn't go very well but you're still going to uh, attempt that that pace uh you know you might be in a little bit of trouble but the, the point here is just get your head in the space right the space it needs to be for the race um, don't overthink, you know, don't be overthinking, but just take an honest assessment where you are at, make that plan and stick with it, you know, um, and then, and then go from there. But that's the whole point of this one. Just get into that headspace of, okay, now it's getting close to the race. I need to be, I need to be on point here. Fourth thing I have is get to the line. So at this point, if I'm looking at my schedule and I think there's no way I can run what's, what's on it, then do what's best for you, right? If you know you need some time, um, some time down, and maybe that's not taking days completely off, but maybe scaling way back on a few days and just getting a nice, easy few miles in, then, then go ahead and do that. If, if you're just 
wiped out nursing something that could end up being worse if you push to the finish you trained over your head then then recover the main point now is you've done that work you want to get to the starting line you want to be in the race so it, to me whatever you've got to do to get there then go ahead and, and do it um, if you're in the marathon mastery course we have all the we talk about this in the recovery module over that last six weeks about where some things that you can do that would you know really kind of pulling out all the stops and get your get your get your body in the best position you can because you've done all the training now you got to make sure it's ready to go and so if you're really just really dragging you're on the verge of being injured anything like that then pull out all the stops in my mind and then just you know even if you're switching days to cross train just to take off some some stress on, on um, impact and things like that whatever you got to do because the fitness is there we just got to make sure you feel good getting to the line. And the fifth thing is to not overcook yourself. Uh, if you're at a point where you don't think that you've done enough, now is not the time to try and cram that fitness in. I've tried it myself, and honestly, it always has made things worse than what it would have been. And in all honesty, I think being a little underprepared is better than being overcooked. If you are underprepared, you still have a shot to hit that home run, right? Like you can still catch a flyer and really nail a race um, and this is especially true I think if you're more seasoned um, and be just because you've been there before you've done the training before you have things going on with muscle memory and things like that where you probably have a little bit more leeway and then I would even say for like more of the true beginner so I get a lot of people who you know they maybe have done a marathon but they were didn't really have any idea what they were doing they just went out there for fun and ran you know four and a half hours now they're trying to run you know 330 but they'd be super happy if they broke four well you know they still would have a pretty good chance at doing that just because their their fitness was probably still much better than what it was the first time they ran the marathon and so they might just be surprising themselves and it's hard to say you know what they train to versus what their capabilities are so to me just being a little if you're if you're anything you're a little under prepared and you give yourself an opportunity on race day whereas if you're overcooked i feel like there's a little chance that you'll be able to mentally or physically find the need to pull through that performance i think if you're overcooked it's just more mentally challenging to wrap your head around what you have to do because then it just seems even so much more difficult and it's and it feels like it's hard right from the start and when it is it's it's something you start dwelling on a lot earlier and i think it's easier just to mentally shut it down um, and then physically if you're overcooked you're overcooked and it's just you, you know you you most of you know how it's how, how it is to run a race when you're you're just tired, right? It just, it doesn't end up usually going very well. And to stretch that out for a performance over, you know, 26 miles, that's a tall order to ask anybody. Um, at the end of the day, I think uh, following these guidelines can help give you some individualization on a taper that will work best for you. Um, whether you're using a plan from the book or online, you have to understand that the, that the authors of the plan and that's, you know, that's HMM, that's Hal Higdon, Jeff Galloway, whoever. They're trying to provide a template that will work for most people based on their philosophy, right? And so it's really up to you to take the, take the best information you can. And mainly what I'm talking about is information from your own biofeedback, right? How do you respond to training? You know, what have you done in the past? What's worked in the past? What hasn't worked in the past? Take, the, take all those things and individual, make it individual to your specific needs um, and what your training has done for you. Um, and if you can do that, then you'll vastly increase the chances for nailing the taper and putting that hard-earned 
training to use. So I would um, I would take that to heart. And like I said, if you're in the Marathon Mastery course, I'm going to do a couple more lessons where we talk more about physio- what the physiological things are going on with the taper, different tra- tapering strategies. Um, you know, there's four or five pretty main pretty main strategies. What typically works best. Um, and, and then we'll go from there and give you some specific numbers. But to wrap it up, I would just say like, you know, the longer the training segment is, probably the, a little bit longer tra- uh, taper that you need. So if you're doing a, a 20, 22, 24 week plan, that's probably a, an opportunity to take, you know, do two to three weeks off, but we'd have to talk about what those two to three weeks would, would actually look like. And then, you know, the shorter the race segment, I would say the less taper you need, right? So once you get into, or if you've done like a eight to 14 week plan, you know, you're looking at maybe about a week of, of actual taper, whereas, you know, like a, a 14 to 18 week plan, you're looking at that one to two weeks really. And then beyond that, you're, you know, two plus weeks. So, so there's some things to keep in mind. Uh, and like I said, we'll go from there and we'll give you some more specifics on that. But if you can follow those five uh, kind of general principles uh, and, and then take from, your own past experiences and then really assess how your training has went, then you can make some really good decisions on how to taper, how to individualize that taper for your own specific needs. Okay, so that's it for today. And uh, we'll jump into another lesson later on. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.